Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Farooq Khan. He's the founder and CEO of Inference Analytics. Farooq, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. So Farooq, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, Kelsey. So my uh, background uh, goes into the data world, right? So if for people who are familiar with the whole evolution of data technologies, um, you know, and I'm sure everyone is very familiar with some of the latest things going on in terms of AI. Uh, but I come from that data kind of world back in the days of using data for analytics, right? I worked in Silicon Valley for tech companies that um, do data-oriented technology, right? So it, what people call extract, transform, load, it's called ETL technology. So I was part of a venture there in Silicon Valley. Prior to that, I was at a company called uh, MicroStrategy, which is also an analytics company, another data-oriented company. And then um, I was at IBM and I'm skimming a few roles, right? Um, before I started this com company uh, through an acquisition, and that was also to, through a data-oriented company, right? It was a big data company um, uh, that was acquired. It was a company called Netiza in the data warehouse appliance space that got acquired by IBM. And that basically triggered the whole creation of the big data play at IBM. So I'm somebody who comes from the data, or you could say sort of world, right? The evolution of data, and now we are doing AI around the same types of technologies. And so, you know, somebody who's led product roles, business development roles, always working both on both sides with technologists, as well as salespeople, as well as customers. So somebody who's been in that middle kind of role, right? As a product manager, product uh, business development person, and then at, actually as a GM and, and an executive uh, before I left to, to start this company. That's fantastic. You know, I certainly hear the the trend of the importance of data and your your love for data, you know, through through the roots of your career. So talk to me a little bit about Inference Analytics. Yeah, Inference Analytics is, uh, is a company that is focused on um, artificial intelligence. Uh, we've been working in uh, this space in generative AI since as far back as 2019. So as you know, a lot of people talk about ChatGPT, but if I told you about the kind of things that ChatGPT does two years ago, uh, people wouldn't have recognized it as being AI, right? And so we are a company that is focused on um, generative AI. We're focused on healthcare, right? So applying generative AI in a healthcare context to improve productivity, uh, to reduce cost, to reduce burnout, uh, to effectu effectively uh, eventually impact care delivery, right? So that's kind of what we do, We're all about uh, applying uh, generative AI technology in a healthcare context. Interesting. So tell me a little bit more about the platform. Yeah, so uh, the platform that we've been working on, Kelsey, is, is a platform that uh, is based on understanding the nuances of healthcare, right? Because you cannot apply general principles uh, that may be applicable outside of healthcare within healthcare. And there are a lot of rules that get applied, which are related to privacy, they're related to HIPAA regulations, and then they're related to the types of things that you want an AI system to be able to answer. Right? And so that is the kind of platform that we've been developing. It's a platform that allows you to do multiple use cases. So some of them are 
patient-facing, right? So a patient-facing use case may be something that allows people to come in. And you know, if, if you try scheduling an appointment for yourself, you find it so hard. Like if you go to a hospital site and say, I want to go see a physician, that, that's a very complicated process right now. So we've created some solutions that allow alleviate that process. We have some solutions that actually help physicians, right? So physicians are writing, they're doing their work, writing their reports. We help them do their work by, better, faster. And then there are some solutions that are actually more of an organizational kind of need, right? Where you're trying to do billing, you're trying to automate that. So it's a platform that supports all of these use cases, whether it's patient-facing, physician-facing, organizational-facing internally, right? So it's that platform that allows you to do that. And it consists of very healthcare-oriented nuances and context that allow us to do that better versus a general kind of platform. And why is it so important that the platform and really everything that Inference Analytics does is rooted in data? Yeah, so uh, the whole premise of doing AI, right, or the whole premise of automating what you're seeing today uh, is uh, driven by the fact that there are uh, sort of patterns that have happened in the past. Right. Some of those are, are obvious patterns. Some of those are not so obvious. Right. So some of those you and I should be able to see and say, oh, every time a patient comes in or sometimes let's say somebody's scheduling something in this way, this is the rule that should be applied. So you and I should be able to see that. Sometimes the rules are not so obvious. Right. And there are rules that a machine or an AI system are, is able to capture. So you need all of these data elements to be fed in to uh, you know, these systems to be able to train those AI models, to be able to understand those patterns, right? And so that's why, uh, in, in essence, you know, what we're seeing and what we're calling AI is basically a system that has been exposed to all the types of patterns that have been seen in the past and has the capacity to be able to use those patterns to now predict and automatically react, right? And, or, or interact with um, the kinds of new sort of scenarios that may be posed to it. So that is why uh, you know, data is so important, right? Because it, data is what allows uh, an AI system to be able to understand the pattern. And then when you have enough patterns understood, it can effectively come up with new conclusions or inferences that may not be familiar with in the past. So that's why data has become so important. That is. And I imagine, too, the platform has a lot of benefits, not only for physicians, but also patients as well. Talk to me a little bit about the benefits of it. Yeah, so I think it's across the board, Kelsey, right? I mean, you if you're thinking about it um, for patients, and I gave you that one scenario, right, where uh, you go into a site and you say, look, I want to go see a, a physician on the 28th uh, or, or you know, 29th of September. I'd like to see them between the hours of 3 and 4 p.m. I want them to, you know, I want only want options where they accept my insurance, I want to be able to be close to my home when I go to get seen, or I want to do a, a you know, a, a, a video appointment. You can ask those questions in any way you want, right? Without any pre-configured rule, and an AI system would be able to uh, respond and give you those options, right? So that's one example use case, right? And that's why we say we're a foundation company that supports multiple use cases. This is one example of that. So that's how a patient gets help, right? And the second scenario could be that you are actually experiencing something and you want to get a second opinion and you want to say, hey, I, what should I do? I'm experiencing this pain. And it may say, first, it may give you some very important disclaimers to say, look, you need to go see a primary care doctor. You need to consult an emergency room, right? If you are experiencing some emergency. But here are some scenarios which may help 
kind of complement the diagnosis that you've gotten from a physician that here are certain things that you should do. And so these are the types of things that patients would get access to. And, and as the rules get broadened, right, and as you know, things get more mature in terms of how healthcare takes advantage of AI, you will see that a lot of uh, patients will be able to get direct access to insights that you know complement what they're seeing from their doctors and then help them in their in, in the care or in, in some of the therapies that may have been suggested to them. So these are some examples, right? I'm not going over all of them, but the point is there are many, right? It doesn't stop anywhere. You could ask it any question. You could say, I can tell you, we have a system that can say things like, hey, I have this appointment. Tell me um, you know, where I should park and what is the best rate I should get. Right, and it's going to give you all those scenarios. Or think about it; it'll tell you where who you should see, where you should go park, what's the best rate you're going to get. Right, and so these are the types of things that patients can can now interact with in AI system one versus the legacy system, right, where there were only pre-configured rules. If you went to a chatbot, that you could only get answers for. So that's an example, right, of how you could use an AI system like this. I think that's terrific. And I imagine too, having the capability to ask, even just the example that you gave in that use case, you know, the anxiety that you must be alleviating from, from the, the patients being able to address kind of their concerns right out of the gate. Yeah, it is right. I mean, it, it is, it, it can make the whole process much more seamless. Uh, there is enormous amount of pressure and so if you so let's take that apart a little bit more right so who are the benefits who are the benefits for so first it's the patients you have a much better experience right you are able to interact with your care provider in a much better way you've you've got the feasibility to ask questions you know and not be stuck on a phone right trying to get those answers so you're saving a lot of time but then the other side of it is you know as a provider you don't have to have people answering phone calls all day. You you can you know alleviate that burden, and now you can have these AI systems respond. Now the key is that you have to be careful though, right? Because you can't let these systems run amok, right? And they all kinds of questions get asked, and you know uh, you've got to be careful in how you frame the questions and how those get respond uh, the responses that are created. But within context, you should be able to control and create enormous efficiencies on both sides, both for the patient as well as for the provider. And talk to me a little bit about some of the ways that inference analytics is really able to separate itself from its competition. I think you gave a lot of really great examples and I think I have an idea, uh, but I would I just wanna hear from you. What are some of the ways that inference analytics is really able to separate itself? Sure, I think, I think the first thing I start with Kelsey, and this is funny because I was on a, meeting just before this and the same question was asked well what, what's the big difference about you guys right and and the the biggest the biggest uniqueness first is that uh, we got into this whole generative AI space not because it was hot uh, you know not because we heard of chat GPT but we got into it because that was the best way to solve the problem back in 2019 and these are important points right so we didn't just do it because there was a lot of hype around it we did it because this was the best technology to solve the problem. And uh, you know, we we did it before every anyone knew about ChatGPT. Frankly, for years, people questioned whether it was really AI. Like when we showed them, Rick, they were like, well, this is text-oriented stuff. Is this really AI? It's only now that people are exposed to Chat GPT, right? That they recognize it as being AI. So the biggest difference is that we've had that, you know, you could say lead time, right? Of four to five years of development of understanding and nuances of these things. 
right? Before you people called them large language models or, or GPTs, right? They were called other things, right? And so that is the biggest leg up, I would say, objectively speaking, that we have. Now, the, in addition to that, because we have that advantage, we've been able to build our own systems. We've been able to build guardrails in healthcare. You cannot respond right in and beyond sort of what is acceptable from a healthcare context, right? And so we've been able to put those boundaries around it. The other aspect is that we are able to combine these systems inside the firewall. Like as an example, you in hospitals will be very restricted in how they can access systems like ChatGPT, right? Because you know you can't let the data leave the hospital system and, and they're very secure systems. So we, uh, the other difference is that we've been able to build systems that take large language model frameworks and then apply them inside the hospital, right? And so those are additional advantages, right, that we have. So all of these aspects, right, one, that we're healthcare focused, we understand the healthcare nuances, right, that we're very much targeting that. Secondly, that, uh, you know, we have a way of uh, applying these within the, the healthcare kind of umbrella, what is acceptable, what is not, the guardrails that go with it. And then just the domain knowledge to know when do you build a new model? When do you tune an existing model? These are questions that people are going to understand and, and they will eventually get those answers. But we've been doing it for the last four years. So we have that edge there. Mm -hmm. I think that's terrific. And, you know, I'm curious, like you said, you know, you've been ahead of the curve. Do you think that that, you know, uh, well, I guess that may not be applicable. Talk to me about the common misconceptions that there may be not necessarily in the industry, but maybe with AI in healthcare. Talk to me. Are there any misconceptions that you tend to hear often generally? I think the biggest one, Kelsey, that we've always been working with is um, physicians always wondering if AI was going to replace them, right? Mm -hmm. So there was, there is, and, and especially when you, the biggest use case that people talked about in AI was the radiology use case, right? Where it was like, could you, you know, people found that there were AI models that could detect cancer better than the human eye, right? And so there were these use cases that were always around. And so um, one of the concerns and, and issues we always had was we were working with the best uh, of hot doctors, right? In, in very esteemed institutions. However, if you do have a user who is always at thinking in those ways, right? That they're worried that they're gonna be replaced, their concerns uh, and, and, and the way you can get adoption gets impacted, right? So that is one of the, like you asked me, what are the, some of the things that we had to deal with, right? So these, these were kind of uh, some of the issues of getting AI adopted was doctors feeling threatened. Right, especially certain doctors, right? Not not all of them. But now I think people are coming around to the fact that actually this is a tool that facilitates doctors, right? This is a tool that complements what they do. Uh, it is uh, doctors do a lot of very complex things and you cannot rely on an AI system for all of that. But there are certain things that they don't have the time to look up. It may be just about that patient, like, okay, look up everything about this patient and give me a quick one minute you know, summary of this patient before I have to spend you know, the, the enormous amount of time reading about them, right, in, in the EHR. Mm -hmm. So there are all of these things that are now possible and that people are coming to their own conclusions on, right? And there was a study that I, I saw where doctors, the majority of doctors, actually, there was a survey done, showed that they were in favor of using AI systems. And I can tell you that in the past, if you ask that question, because they were not familiar with it, there was a hesitancy, especially in certain circles, that you know AI was going to be a replacement, and so you know, hence there was some hesitancy in using the system. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I certainly hear that. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to refute that and really work with inference analytics to, you know, help support physicians, help support patients. You know, Farouk, I think this has been a, a terrific conversation. I appreciate you being on Business Ninjas. Is there anything, uh, parting words that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be advice, um, anything about inference analytics, anything you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I think anyone who's interested in working with us, reach out to us. We're, we're a Chicago-based company. We're, we're you know, we're, we're going to be at this big health event in Vegas right soon. So if they're there, they should come and see us. Uh, no, I mean, if people want to have questions about what we're doing, we're happy to, uh, you know, kind of respond. Uh, but nothing, nothing, you know, nothing imparting. I think all I would say is uh, look at AI as being a way of creating um, the next generation of of uh, technology that's going to impact mm-hmm. everything and it's going to be for the good. Some jobs may f- feel threatened, but at the same time, new jobs are going to be created that take efficiency to another level. And so it's very important for people to adopt it in the right way and then figure out how their work improves using mm-hmm. it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my parting thought as an AI practitioner, right? For people to look at it in a constructive way and not feel threatened by it. I think that's terrific. Well, Farouk, this is, like I said, this has been a terrific conversation. I appreciate all of your insights, your advice. I think this has been fantastic. And I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. Thank you. Great to have you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.